Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Podcast for spiritual seekers and lurkers, the respectfully curious, the pursuers of their passion. This episode is hosted by Melanie Dawn, myself, and I am today getting the chance to interview the lovely Kim Jaroski. Kim, who has truly manifested herself a beautiful life, which in turn also makes my life easier by providing uh, easy, cost-effective, and family-friendly meals. Hey, Kim. Hey, Mel. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. Yes, I'm so excited here. I forgot the most important part. She's also a self-proclaimed <laughs> Jesus freak, but not the culty kind. <laughs> not the cult, not the culty kind. Jesus is my homeboy. I think that's a good thing. That's awesome. Um, tell me a little bit about, I know you've said countless times that you've manifested this life. Tell me a little bit about what that looks like for you and how you did it. Yeah, you bet. I mean, it started super young. I could go on about this for a long time, but I remember like very vividly being 10 years old and thinking about my husband. And it was so weird because I'm 10, whatever. But I was like, I wonder if he's doing homework right now too. And then I thought about how kind I wanted this man to be, how handsome I wanted him to be, and how patient I wanted him to be. And I manifested the most incredible man. And then I met my husband who is better than this man I manifested. And we built this very lovely, wonderful life together. And then we were talking, it was before we even got married. So about, well, seven years ago, we were sitting talking about what our dream looked like and what our dream home and money's no object and whatever. What does our dream home look like? And we put down just the most extravagant, we want to live in a forest and we want rolling hills behind us. I'd love an older home with character and all this stuff. And wildly enough, just over a year ago, this beautiful home in the forest that's a little older with insane character came on the market somehow in our budget. And it has just been the manifestation of our dreams basically now we're here with our 10 chickens and our two donkeys and hopefully some llamas and we've got all this room to roam and explore and have fun and raise our family and I can't believe this is my life and you don't even have to leave home to do your passion because you found well, online platform so how I, lucky how lucky am I I think I failed to mention how you helped me with these cost-effective meals Kim's actually found her platform on Instagram. And if you haven't already seen her, be sure to follow her. She kind of hides a little bit from the videos, but her pictures are hilarious. And um, she's just so incredibly honest about the fails, which are kind of my favorite. <laughs> and the way um, it's called at Kitchen in the Hills. Kitchen in the Hills. That's me. So if you are uh, just like me and you struggle to either make food for yourself or the people you love, um, she's got a ton of inspiration on there that is easy because I've done it and I've done it. Like I actually go to your page when I'm looking for something easy that the boys will not reject. You're my Yay. That makes me so happy. I know your boys are teenagers. I have a two and a three-year-old. I hear yuck a lot at dinner time. So I mean, it's so, it's so discouraging, but I'm just like, girlfriends, I am not eating based on your palate a hundred percent of the time because I don't love peanut butter sandwiches enough to have them for every meal. So enjoy, enjoy your supper. Here you go. Where did you find your passion for cooking? For, 
for cooking, it was probably, I moved out. I finished high school in grade 11. I had one correspondence class left to do in grade 12. So I moved out early and I found that a way to kind of lure people to come over and visit you was to make sure you feed them. So being kind of one of the first ones, kind of out of my own and whatever, I was given the opportunity to start pretty early realizing what I want to cook and what I want to feed to people. And I don't know, we grew up in such a churchy family and the church community was so important for us. And we were always there for other families. And a big part of that was always bringing food. So I watched our community always come together around food and our families always come together around food. And it was always almost like a competition who had the best potato salad, whose pie was the best. I'm like, one day I'm going to have the best. I'm going to be the best. And it just kind of went from there. I've always really enjoyed eating, as we all do. And kind of cooking just was something that came supernatural to me. So my mom had us in the kitchen lots as we were young. And I just kind of kept that going and wanted to make sure that I was setting up a good foundation for a healthy life kind of throughout starting starting quite young. So, yeah. Yeah. So you have young kids. I remember the yuck moments a lot. And um, how do you, like, I forget, I think I just did the old hard nose, you'll eat what you get. What's your um, approach to children and eating peanut butter sandwiches? Do you make separate meals? How do you guys make this work for the, with all these different palates? Well, it's, I mean, it's no joke. It's very difficult, but I'm, also just trying to remind myself that being as open with food with my kids as I can right now yes there's a lot of yucks and there's a lot of pushback but I'm hoping I'm giving a gift to my future that I'm not going to have picky eaters later on I'm hoping that these good habits for food are going to start now and this is the time to introduce the really yucky weird stuff because they're still kids they're still going to play with it We don't worry about manners at our table. Eat with your hands if you want to, but explore your food. Really get into it. And I'm just kind of hoping for the best, but I'll still make sure that there's something on their plate that they're going to eat. My oldest loves frozen peas. She's three. I can give her frozen peas as a snack 100% of the time. She will always eat them. But it was finding out that exposing her to it was kind of the first step in my youngest my two-year-old loves frozen shredded carrots but if I wasn't trying to continuously give them all of these different weird things we never would have come to that conclusion so exposure I think is key and just persistence and happy hour starts at four when you're a stay-at-home mom you just have to just have to what's in your happy hour cocktail oh my gosh okay so my friend's just moved to a place and they have these big, huge, sweet and sour cherry bushes in Alberta. Who would have thunk it? So if you put those and just soak them in whiskey for like three months, you get like the nicest, sweetest cherry whiskey with a little bit of ice and it's delightful. I don't drink pop and I don't drink juice. So ice is the perfect perfect mix. But if, if it's a daytime, whatever, maybe like, I don't know a glass of wine. It's pretty tame. I'm not, I'm nothing exciting. 
That's it. But uh, when you said you don't drink pop and you don't drink juice, that leads me back to this next piece. You had told me that you only feel, feed your family real food. There's no, like, you don't buy granola bars. You don't buy anything like that from the store. That like kind of makes my brain hurt. <laughs> you do that and you live so far away from town. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was actually a diet tip that I heard eons ago of you can eat anything you want as long as you make it yourself, which for me is the worst diet tip ever because I have now learned to make a lot of things I really enjoy. So I don't know. It's now getting to the point that making things like granola bars, number one, it's so much more cost efficient and you're choosing absolutely everything that goes in it. But my two-year-old loves to stir, stir everything. So she's in it with me she'll eat everything. So I'm like, here's your diet of chia seeds and, you know, shredded carrots and raisins and whatever. But it's, uh, it's definitely a challenge. But if you don't have garbage food in your house, you end up not feeding it to your kids. I will say out loud, though, like my kids have had itchy band. They love itchy band. Sometimes you just got to go with it. But I don't know, I doctor it up with some eggs and some vegetables and stuff. And they'll still mow it down. So a bit of compromise, but yeah, for the most part, we try and make everything from scratch and it saves us a ton of cash. So we were talking, uh, making a joke about you being a Jesus freak, but the truth of the matter is, is that you are very close to God. Um, how does that, what does that look like in your life? How does that play out for you on a day-to-day basis? How do you connect with your spirituality? What does spirituality look like to you? That's a, I mean, it's such a big question. It's such a deep question. And it looks, I think, so different for everybody, but also the same. I know a lot of people that aren't Jesus freaks, but they feel their spirituality in the exact same way that I feel mine, which is kind of enjoying where we live. I mean, we live in Southern Alberta, which to us is probably the most beautiful place we've ever been. So, I mean, looking west and seeing just this beautiful panoramic view of mountains and this forest that's around us and so I don't know just our the nature that we have here is so incredible and the weather we have here can be so incredible so to me that's just kind of God smiling down on us being like look at this beautiful masterpiece and every sunset over the mountains to us is so big and I don't see any of that as as something to kind of take for granted I always look at it and I say oh thank you God thank you for this and even nice moments in my day, I thank God for, for them. And moments in my life, sometimes I find I get so frustrated, but I find that talking it out, whether I'm talking to myself or talking to God or talking to my pasta sauce, whatever, I find that I naturally will talk myself into a solution. And for me, I trigger that automatically to God has found me a solution. I just had to talk it out with him. And I see him in my day-to-day all the time. I'm living my dream. I said to my husband, this is why I believe in Jesus. The fact that we have the home that we have now and the life we have now, I mean, a lot fell into place in such an odd, crazy way that I'm like, this could not just be to chance. This was a plan that was so much bigger than me and by than us. Like, I'm not so vain as to think that I did this all or we did this all. Like, I recognize there was divine intervention and I couldn't be more grateful for, for where my life is now and, and following where God has taken me to this point. 
and trusting that he was right about everything. Wow. You said at the beginning when you were just talking that you find that a lot of your friends don't have a religion are just experience spirituality the same way as you. And as you were talking, I'm like, that's my spirituality. That's how I experience it. And like I told you, I wasn't, um, I wasn't long for the Sunday school. My mom didn't think that it was the, the right time or thing for me. And I always wanted to be a part of this connection. And so with nature, you find the connection and I do also talk it out. Um, I've been stuck many times and at night I just pray, I hand it over and say like, I can't come up with a solution for this. And then all of a sudden I'll look back and I'm like, holy cow, like the solution was already found. And it just, it found me. That's what I feel like that divine intervention. Yeah. Isn't that so incredible? Just, yeah, just let it go and it comes back. It always comes back, I find. And I don't know if you find the same thing, but we have, I mean, sometimes like, I just find our, yeah, our egos get in the way and we're like, I'm not doing anything wrong. Like I shouldn't have to find a solution for this. Ugh, and you get frustrated and it's frustration station, but it's like, girlfriend, calm yourself down. Yeah. It's like, it is there. Just relax a little bit and like, let some other things come into play. Do you use that with the raising of your young girls too? Like I saw, I think they were up at like 4 a.m. the other day. Oh, they don't sleep. They never sleep. We party hard all night. I, this is, yeah, having kids has definitely been the ride of my life. We had two kids in less than a year and a half. And that was a horrible idea. I don't recommend anybody have your kids five seconds apart. I mean, if you are great, there's a lot of great things that come with it, but you, I mean, it's baptism by fire. It is very difficult. And I find that our, my, my generation, especially it's just, it's such a control freak generation and I'm of the control freak generation. So as a recovering control freak, it's so hard to have kids because you can't control them. And so I've had to let go of a lot of things And I've had to trust God's timing with a lot of things with my children and me as a parent and accepting faults, like going back to the ego thing. I, I have a hard time accepting that, like, maybe there's some days that I didn't do a great job and I didn't do things as I thought I would have before I had kids, but it's also giving yourself the grace to make mistakes and the room to grow. And God has been on this journey with me just being like, Hey, you need to calm down spaz. And be okay with things not being perfect. Like that's a big part of my Instagram page too, is like our meals don't look perfect. And yes, I screw them up a lot of the time, but I'm also going to put that in there because I know I'm not alone in that. Like life's not perfect for anybody in any capacity. So I'm not going to pretend that it is. I know it's social media and that's what you're supposed to do, but that's not my jam. So I appreciate it. I I love the fails more than anything because you are so hilarious about them. I just, uh, I eat them up. Um, I also love the way you hear God talk to you. Oh, yeah. He is just like, whoa, crazy. (laughs) Um, Is there anything about you that you'd be willing to share that most people don't know? Like, this is a strange question for me because I talk a lot. I'm a very open book. So I'm like, I don't know. I'm also not that interesting, but I was thinking about it. 
in my in another life I could have been a child star. Let me tell you, when I was one or two years old, my mom answered like a casting call, and I was a baby on a made-for-TV movie in Canada, and I was like the main couple's child. She had to dye my hair brown, and I was still in diapers. And then she got asked like a couple months later if we would do another one in Edmonton, and she wouldn't drive to Edmonton. But I'm like, I could have been the Olsen twins. I, I could have been, I have a twin brother. We could have been the Olsen twins. He would have been Mary-Kate. I would have been Ashley. And we could have this spectacular empire but my mom didn't drive to Edmonton for the second movie for the sequel of my movie I don't know but I think that's it I was a child star <laughs> I love it oh I couldn't have asked for a better share um, <laughs> as we close out Kim I I think that um it's been such a, a great time and opportunity to talk with you and you always make me laugh um this is going to be another one that probably is going to be a, a, maybe it'll be easy maybe it'll be hard but what do you see or want to see as being your legacy my legacy yeah a childhood star legacy I mean I would like to revamp my child acting career and then oh gosh I don't know I'm just you know, I had one of my mom's friends when I was young said something to me that really stuck. And I think that it's such a great way to live your life. And she said, I always want to leave things better than I found them, whether it's somebody's kitchen or somebody's heart. And I was just like, holy, that's such a, that's such a great foot to put forward in life, to leave everything better than we found it, no matter who we're seeing, no matter who we're meeting so I always try and leave everything and everyone better than I found them. Oh, I love that. I've never heard that, whether it's their kitchen or their heart. I, that just like that hit me in my heart. Oh, that's what I'm here to do. <laughs> All right, Kim, thank you so much for spending this time with me. Um, and thank you listeners for spending uh, your valuable time and joining us on this episode of The Spiritual Boss. I so appreciate you listening. Please click the subscribe button. And if you enjoyed this podcast, leave a positive review so that more people can find us. We welcome emails, input, and comments. You can email us at spiritualbosspodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram at the Spiritual Boss Podcast. We also have individual Instagram accounts and Facebook accounts. So if you are listening and there's Jen and Tanya, they're there too. Peace in, peace out.